Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What's up, guys? Welcome back. We are here doing Afterbus TV Salem podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. That's Bobby Demiro. What's up, Bobby? Hola. Hola. Today's episode, we're talking Wages of Sin. Bobby, what do you have to say about this episode? Um, nothing. This wasn't too bad of an episode. <laughs> Let's just say that. It really wasn't. A scale of 1 to 10, we've had a lot of twos lately. This was like a 7. I thought it was decent. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't that bad. Um, hey, speaking of rating things, <laughs> before we get into it, this is actually good because you guys do such a good job on YouTube and iTunes. Here's something that is happening after Buzz wide across the entire network. Podcast1.com. You can go on there right now. You can rate us. You can. There's a survey you can fill out. You can review us. You can tell us what you like, what you don't like. We're doing these things to kind of get a gauge on what people like in shows and what people want more of in shows. So obviously for Salem, you would review us very well and say Bobby and Marissa are perfect because it's ridiculous to say otherwise. But Is there a step above perfect? uh, Exquisite, immaculate. I don't know. Yeah, all, like, all those synonyms? Yeah, I'm uh, whatever. That. You know, listen, use your best judgment. Whatever synonym for perfect you want to use, you can... No, I'm just kidding. Okay. But seriously, podcast1.com. I know you guys who watch Salem watch a lot of AfterBuzz shows. You'll be hearing this a lot this next week. So go there, podcast1.com. Review us, do all that kind of stuff. We're, we're interested in seeing what you guys have to say. So you can be honest. You can, you know... If you hate Bobby, you hate Bobby, and you can say that. So please do that. We would That would help us out a lot. Um, speaking of help, Marissa, yes. help me out, please, and lead this damn show because I just don't have it in me. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, just, I just need a day, Salem. I need a day. <laughs> well, it's been a week and now a day, but whatever. We'll get into it. All right, you know what? Let's let's start with Mary because okay. Mary is such a big character. We know that. But what do we think of her in Rain Wright? And, I mean, our first scene, to them together, they're making out. But what do you think of Rainer Wright and his whole acceptance of witchcraft and what he's getting into, what Mary's getting him into? I mean, spoiler alert, we know what happens to him, you know, ten minutes later. Yeah. He is ignorant. We knew he was ignorant. We talked about it the last couple weeks that he was ignorant about this. He he wasn't ready for what was going to happen, and it got proved today. And Mary... Uh, tried to use him and wasn't successful about it. I don't think, and uh, and now he's dead. Well, okay, but sorry. We, uh, well, he he will be dead. Do we miss him? Or no. Do you miss him at all? I don't miss him. Not yet. Uh, not mean, at all. I mean, we see at the beginning of the episode, we see Mary literally telling him to destroy your documents, and he's like, "This is my life's work." And the minute she said that, I was like, okay, what's the point of him anymore? Yeah. But he's literally destroying everything he's worked up for, his whole life existence. What else does his character... And we've been predicting it for the last two, three weeks now. Rain Wright is going to go, and there it is, into the black imaginary pitch. Yeah. See you later. See you in hell. The first but guy the, since we Dante. We know that was actually a real pitch. <laughs> yeah. The first guy since Dante to burn alive in hell or whatever, you know, Sebastian ended up saying. Yeah. Um, 
Peace. Kick Fun. rocks. Bye-bye. Are you going to miss him at all? That's something I would want to know from the audience, too. Are you going to miss Wainwright at all? For me, not even a little bit. No. Because his character storyline literally ended by the literally the burning of his own scientific research and everything he stood for. He's done. 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 Moving on. And he's, right. he's done a disservice to any other scientist, any other mortal, normal scientist that comes into Salem because he's ruined all his research. It's gone. You can't look at it and say, okay, let's learn about this pox from the last scientist who was here that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And he also tried throwing the malum into the fireplace. Do you think the malum is fully destroyed? The malum is like me. You just can't get rid you of can't. it. You can't. I know you want to real bad, but it's not going anywhere. Nope. You, you can burn it, throw it don't everywhere. Bur- don't burn me. No. You can throw me. Go for it. But you can't get rid of me, and you can't get rid of the Malum. Yeah, because the Malum's badass, mm-hmm. so I agree. You can't get rid of Bobby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's on. obnoxious. The Malum's badass. But both reasons, you can't get rid of him. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your favorite character. I'm scared of what you're going to say. Anne. Oh, totally. Okay, yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to be sarcastic <laughs> no. for a second. No. I, I when am I ever Anne. sarcastic, Bobby? Listen, hey, I love Anne. I love hearing Magistrate Hale's voice, Xander Berkeley. We flipped out. We saw his <laughs> name in the credits. More so you flipped out. Yeah, I'm like, well. get, okay, I do admit, you had to refresh my memory there. So for the fans at home, most of you guys know this, but Xander Berkeley is the name of the actor who played Magistrate Hale in yes. season one. Her and when father. he, when, yeah, Anne's father, when he died, you know, he his name popped off the credits. It wasn't going to be on there anymore because he's not on the series. Today, in the first minute, I saw his name in the credits, and I'm like, Hale! Hale's back! Magistrate Hale! And he wasn't really back. We just heard, you know, the remnants of his voice we as she was reading We had his lovely voice. Yeah. He was there, very present, audio-wise. Yeah, and, and I'm glad this is the way that he came back, because when I saw Xander Berkeley on the credits, I was thinking... How the hell are they going to... What's... Another, in, you know, another right, increase another matter. increase. That's what I was really legitimately worried that... So the way that they <laughs> that did Mary it... was going to do that. Totally cool. It was cute. It was sweet to Anne because she's so lonely. And this is kind of a way for her to connect to her father a little bit. Yeah, and showing that this is something that has been, again, predestined for her. She had family and acceptance from someone else who's not physically there but knows what she's going through yeah and legit feels remorse that he can't be there to help guide her along the ways do you okay my question is now we see mary is kind of taking and under her wing do you think mary would have been the better more suited mentor for Anne, or her own father if, Uh, if he was still alive? definitely her own father because you can't trust mary mary has so many issues going on she has so many broken alliances and so many things that she's struggling with i think mm-hmm. mary would have been really unhealthy for Anne and doesn't have a great incentive any more than mary has an incentive to take mercy or titiba under her wing and we've seen how those two have worked out i think with Anne and magistrate hale her her freaking dad mm-hmm. he's got all the incentive in the world to take his own daughter under his wing it would have been a lot easier if he were still alive yeah i i think it would be it, I mean, it's a shame at that point that Anne was really the person who destroyed her father. Had she known what was really gone going on in her life growing up, and if had this not been a secret for so long, she wouldn't have killed her father. But can, can, you can't really blame her because, I mean, out of ignorance, I know ignorance probably isn't a defense, but you can't blame her for killing her father and i can't really blame her father for protecting her daughter exactly growing up so i mean it's it's a two-way street in in this sense but i think 
if she was, if she did grow up knowing the witchcraft, she would have had way more time to gain control over all this. Life lessons from Salem. Always talk to your kids, parents. And parents, always talk to your... No, wait. And kids, <laughs> always talk to your parents. I screwed that one up. Always communicate because maybe one of you is a witch and the other one is too and you don't know it. Yeah. Life lessons. And then you're more connected. And hindsight's also a bitch. There's a viewer <laughs> out there right now who's watching maybe the live stream who is a witch. And his son doesn't know. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but that's the thing, right? They didn't Family communicate with each other. Yes. You kept secrets inside. You know, you kept secrets from the family. And now this is going to bite Anne in the ass. And it will bite Anne in the ass because she's so sensitive and so fresh and so green. And now Cotton's doing whatever is going to happen to Cotton. She doesn't have the same kind of allies. Mm-hmm. So she's going to have to figure out witchcraft on her own, which i got to believe is going to be nearly impossible. But not, do you do you really think that? Because we see, I mean, we see Anne learning all these different things. She's she's now developing telekinesis, and though there is the line that's saying uh, uh, something about will, learning how to kill, start life, destroy life at the mere thought of free will. In that sense, I'm like, okay, we see Anne growing the flower, and then also Simon killing it in the end. Do you think that's going to definitely grow and Anne's going to use that power to kill people for good or for bad? Yeah, but like let's use a sports metaphor. There's that's practice a very speed. Question. No, but there's practice speed and there's game speed, right? To use it like a sports metaphor. That's true. The flower in her hand is practice speed. You're at home. There's no pressure. If it doesn't work, you can try it again. You can do whatever. Game speed is when that devil, you know, literally the devil, brought her – in and, and, and had her in the woods running around. Right. That's game speed. What are you going to do when, you know, excuse my language, the shit hits the fan, you know? The, the flower in her hand is nothing. The devil or whatever it is, another witch, Countess von Marburg, whoever it is, that's what I need to know that Anne is capable of. And right now, today, she's not ready for it. Can she be? Absolutely. I love Anne. I'm team Anne all the way. But... Are. It's going to take a long time, and and we're going to see more struggles from her before we see it get better. Yes, my okay. This my whole question about this demon devil thing that's after her. Yeah. We see it in the book, we see it in the mirror, and then we see it in real life. But is it transports her to the woods? What is this? Is this something that has always plagued her family, or is it just plaguing her? I thought it was like the 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 one that the witches are all employees of to put it in a weird way like that's the one the witches are reporting to that's who mary is going to report to at the grand right that's who countess von marburg is going to report to have we seen this demon devil interact with these everyone else other than anne i don't know if everyone else it's never interacted with anne obviously but that's my question because if they are reporting to this demon devil i I, I'm finding it hard to believe because we haven't seen. They're they're always talking about the the greater evil, yeah. But we haven't physically seen them interact with this particular demon devil thing. I I don't know. I just feel like maybe Magistrate Hale set it up to expose the devil as a character. In when he said, you know, what was the word he used? He is the bad part it's not he didn't use that word but he was like mm. for every gift there's a consequence there's a curse yeah there's to a your curse. gift he is the curse that was it he is the curse give life and snatch it away yeah. kill at a distance gift is a curse and the price is has already been paid apparently 
But I think they're still paying for it. That is the debt that is going to be over their heads for the rest of their life. No, no, that was the price. The price was eternity. The price is their mm-hmm. souls, like yeah. what Mary paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he is the curse. So that's, I think, the exposition of Magistrate Hale saying, he is the curse. She flips the page. Boom. She sees him. We see him. Now we're kind of on the same page. We don't know what he is capable of. I mean, we can take a guess. But we don't know what he knows or is capable of or whatever. But now we're going to start to see it. And that'd be, I'd be cool with that. Interestingly, I'd be okay with that. Okay. My my one problem with this scene, seeing the demon devil, I mean, he is kind of, that. that's the only name I can really give him right now. Because <laughs> be, I mean, tell me if you actually know his name. We don't but know for a fact that it's Satan. That's the thing. I'm assuming. Demon I'm just, devil literally look alike. Yeah, I'm just calling it Satan the devil because I just assume and knowing what we know kind He's of He's very about. humanistic, so I'm having a hard time that he is an actual devil yeah but you know like the rules of witches like we watch shows with witches we know the rules yeah but he was chasing and like a crazy human being dressed up in makeup and like we know this is a tv show but yeah that really right now that's all i'm calling him demon devil my my problem with the scene was that he they both got transported to the woods and then they cut away and we only hear her yelling and then they cut her back to the house i wanted to this scene for her to actually utilize her power. She's learning everything right now. Actually, you utilize her power, maybe not to kill the demon devil or just have him back off in a way to realize, yes, she's coming into her power. She's powerful and just to the point where she can scare him off. I'm like, okay, go and give us something to root for. But somehow she got transferred back into the house. Use her powers, option one, and or option two. Cotton comes to the rescue. She yelled his name. Which didn't happen. He thought she, he thought he heard it. He didn't jump out of the car. You know, the little carriage thing. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. All right. I was a little disappointed by that. Let's talk about Cotton now. Yeah. Going going into that Cotton, we see Magistrate Hearth Hawthorne come and say, "What are you doing in Salem? You're le- actually legitimately." exiled what are you doing here you can't be here which is crazy it up. took them that long to realize that but i guess the line that we're supposed they to were believe busy was with their own ish and bostonians on. traveling and whatever okay yeah, whatever. sure sure they, they got but i mean hawthorne's back he wasn't in last episode so it took him a couple of weeks to realize this <laughs> but now they're they're kicking him back out what do you think that would happen with Anne and cotton well obviously Anne's hawthorne dead. wants Anne. You think so? 100%. When he was telling Cotton at the carriage when he was leaving, and before he said, you know, make it look like the Pequot, you know, yeah, kill him. Yeah, the, the Native Americans Kill him by Amherst, him. yeah. Um, before he said that, he was telling, or maybe after he said that, he was telling Cotton, you know, I'll make sure Anne knows of your predicament, and I'll give her a shoulder to cry it's on. It's so creepy. It's totally creepy, but Hawthorne has what Hawthorne, you know, Hawthorne wants what he wants. Well, he has part. And they didn't... Oof. May I, there, sorry, there there were so many different people telling Anne t- who to marry. Did Ha Hawthorne propose to Anne at one point? Right? More or less. He was like, You need to be protected, you should marry me. Marry me. So it wasn't yeah. like a straight proposal, but it was like coercion. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is a way because he if that is still his objective, this is a way to literally get Cotton legally now out of of Salem so he can have Anne for Yeah, if Cotton's not around, she doesn't have many options left. He probably figures she's desperate, she needs money, blah, blah, blah. And he's magistrate. No one's going to deal with him. No no one's going to question him because he is 
in a way, the highest seat of authority in that town. And we saw how well how well that worked out for Mary Sibley when she married the highest seat With of authority. George. It worked out for a long time. You know, George, God rest his soul. Miss him. Don't want him to come back, but I miss him. Yeah. Um, but it worked out for Mary, and so maybe Hawthorne is playing the same gamble with Anne, saying, hey, there's a lot of perks to living with me. <sighs> I hope she doesn't do it. No, I, I hope We obviously hope haven't seen too. The Last of Cotton. That, that's needless to say. No, Cotton obviously. will be back. Yeah. And, I mean, I think the last we saw of him, he was still in the carriage. It's like, and I, we, we were watching it together. I was like, that is such an easy carriage to jump out of. He wasn't shackled either, was he? I not from the looks of it. Or, or if he was. Or even if he was, he could have still rolled out of that yeah. carriage like no other. Yeah. So simple. But what do we think of, because we saw last episode, he's teaming up with uh, Rainwright and their buddy-buddy. But now Rainwright, because he's so now deep into this witchcraft and whatnot, turning against Cotton, there goes that bromance. Mm-hmm. Making Cotton feel like he's the, still the drunkard of the town. Well, You're hallucinating. Remember, at that point, Wainwright still thought he had a shot. You know what I mean? He had a mm-hmm. shot with Mary and the witches, and he was going to learn about all this stuff scientifically, which, like, dude, you're... You're ignorant, but whatever, you're gone now, so I guess it's, you know, water off a duck's back, to use a terrible phrase. <laughs> um, but he thought he still had a shot, so it only made Cotton look crazier. I don't think Wainwright is allied with Hawthorne at all. I just think Wainwright was like, hey, now that I know what's going on, I've got to play it off. Mm-hmm. I'm in the inner circle, you know. I've This is where I've always wanted to be. I can't be the crazy one. You're still the crazy I can, one. I can find stuff out. This is awesome. And then, you know, five minutes later, he doesn't find anything out except for what hell's going to be like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that bit him in the ass. Yeah, so. well, don't, this is the lesson. Don't volunteer to be a witch. It backfired on Mary. It's going to backfire on Anne. It backfired hard on Wainwright immediately. Immediately. The only person who hasn't volunteered to be a witch who's been around it enough where he probably could have, Isaac. Isaac, I was just going to say that, yeah. And Isaac. we saw him in the coming attra- attractions. He will be back. He's alive. Isaac's the man. He's the only one who's going to make it Isaac knows so much. He might be... Just a human, but he's a lovable human who knows everybody and is more connected to everything that's going on. He's a good dude. He could take someone down he's just a good by dude. sheer knowledge. Total side note to this, but it's kind of related. Do you? Maybe it's for predictions, but I'm just going to say it now because I'm thinking about it. Do you know how I want this show to end? Whenever it ends. I don't know if it'll be the end of season two or three or however many seasons they get. Mm-hmm. But I want this show's final episode to be the entire village of Salem burning. Everybody's dying. And Isaac's like mic dropped walking away. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so everybody's dying. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Because if you're going to go so here's the thing. This show is getting incrementally more ridiculous. Some of it's good. Today's episode I thought was good. It was actually some of decent. It, some of it like last week. Not so good. Increase Mather, not a good comeback. Not a good look. So as it gets more ridiculous incrementally, you almost have to start being tongue-in-cheek about it, right? And what would be better to be tongue-in-cheek about it? Just your disbelief the whole episode. And, and, That's it. And get crazy about That's it. it. And then have Isaac walk away in the final episode. I don't know why I'm thinking about this now. I've just been like... It's been in my head for a week or two. I'm is like, that how do like I want the only out? redemption end for him? Because we put him through so much shit. This he deserves it. I think I should tell you something about this show that the fact that there's a character we haven't seen in multiple episodes and we're talking about him and devoting this much time. 
That should, <laughs> that should tell you something about the show, right? Yeah. We're talking about him before we talk about, wait for it, John, John. Alden. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I mean, John let's, and John Jr., and we're that. leading with Isaac. Now, part of that is it's bad decision on our part because we're exhausted. But another part of that is... You did bring up John. It took you... All right. Yeah. We, well, while we were watching, we literally paused the DVR. It took 39 minutes into the show, just the mention of John, 40 minutes for the physical appearance of John. I don't understand... What the... How do you take, how do you take yourself seriously as a show? Not storylines episode to episode. I mean the broadest sense. To have your lead and arguably your most recognized name, no shade to Janet Montgomery, but Shane West came in, I think, with a better pedigree among very casual TV viewers. Things like A Walk to Remember, people would recognize him well, from. No, Shane's been on TV. He's played a major character in ER. That's the thing. For so this guy is a big name on TV. Rest in peace, Ray. You've got I your lead. <laughs> You've got your lead man here. Your leading guy. He eats all through season one. He does a good job. I think we all kind of liked him and liked his storylines in season one. When the whole Indian thing happened at the end of season one, we were all like, "Dude, this is great." Yeah. You know. And then to totally disappear in season two, I I will never how, understand how that's possible. How many episodes has he been subdued now? Four. At least. At for, least. I've literally lost track. It because... is at least. And even when he wasn't subdued, he was still lurking in the background. We saw him a little bit more, but he still had to lurk in the background because of his character arc. But it's like, you know, from an episode standpoint, I understand why he is where he is tonight. Mm -hmm. But from a logistical standpoint in that writer's room, how do you do this to Shane West's character for the whole season? It doesn't make any sense. Well, now he has an objective from Mary. Mary finally reveals the fact that they have little John. And now he's they got a They have bad an objective. They have a storyline. And it's Give badass. Give him something to do. It's badass. It's great. Yeah. We're going to rescue little John from witches. We're going to be enemies coming together to rescue little John from another enemy. Like, dude, this is what we wanted. Like, it but took so long. we didn't see it. <laughs> we didn't even see. We still haven't seen it. They built... Uh, okay, I will give this episode. They did build him an interesting story that the audience can watch and get excited for i'm excited but the fact that it took us 40 minutes to get to this particular story just to still not even see it i mean we have to wait till next episode maybe even the following week episode to see it actually being executed okay i guess we can keep waiting Welcome to TV. But, no, I, I'm at least excited about this storyline. I think John yes, Alden Sr., this is a great storyline for him. John Jr. is a creepazoid, but he's a creepazoid because of his upbringing and all that stuff. So maybe John Jr. is redeemable. I don't have a lot of faith in that, but I at least want to see them try. Okay. Do you think little John is redeemable? Because now we know that he's a sacrifice in this whole grand right going down. The comet, now we see the comet is back. The, the whole grand right issue is going down. Do you think he's redeemable, though? Are you upset that he's a sacrifice? You're like, oh, no, save little John. Or do you not care? Can I amend my answer and say sacrifice little John and adopt Isaac as your son? Is that an answer? Adopt Isaac? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just like Isaac. No, what kind I, of story would that be? <laughs> I think Little John is probably, honestly, not redeemable. The dude's been creepy all the time we've seen him. And I think, here's the thing. If he was redeemable, think about the audience. If he were to be redeemed and they were to rescue him from this thing next week or whenever week this is going to happen, and he just all of a sudden becomes a normal kid again, 
And he's like, oh, let's play. I'm not going to draw about death. That's the thing. He was never normal. So it's like, it would seem like such a dichotomy from weird John Jr. the whole time with these crows and talking to Mercy and doing all this stuff to then one day all of a sudden being like, oh, John Jr. is normal again. He's he's a kid now. It's like, uh, uh, okay. Mm. Sure. Okay. My thing with Little John, because the only time the audience has seen him, he's been such a creep little boy who who... He's, you know, devil spawn. But if he is a sacrifice to this grand right, I'm like, then let him be the sacrifice. Oh, for sure. If it's a means to an end and it ends this whole grand right, all right, do it. Get And if this grand right does happen and bring hell on earth, then that will bring a whole nother story to Salem. Be like, okay, now they have to deal with the aftermath. That's interesting. How are they going to go about it? But it's just like, just let him be. Just use him. I'm are we sorry. are we on Just air? Are we on air challenging Salem to get going with the plot? Just yes! be like, you know what? Bring the grand right on. I am. I I wish you would. I wish you would bring it on. I well, want to see the grand right. That would also give J- older John something to do. And Cotton, theoretically. I mean, he's certainly going to sneak back into town. So, oh, I don't even think he left town. He's still in in the town boundaries. But that's what, like he's definitely not going to be no, killed. They're in the not going to exile Cotton again. No, no, no. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Do we, okay, let's talk about Tituba. Yeah. Okay. Tituba being, ugh, you don't like her. I really am. I really disliked her in tonight's. I don't. Episode. I don't mean. And again, I don't like to do this every episode for Salem because I don't mean to imply we hate the show or we hate every character because it's not true. But I think we have to be honest and we do you a disservice at home and we do ourselves a disservice on this discussion if we're just like, oh, Tituba's interesting. Let's debate her. Like, no, Tituba kind of sucks. She's boring. There's a lot of stuff going on that I just haven't been interested in for two seasons. And now, now that there's another rift between her and Mary, I just wonder, is it actually going to be a rift this time or is it the same rift that they've been threatening for like 12 episodes across the last year and a half, you know? Okay. I really dis- disliked Tituba's character tonight yeah. only because of what she did to Mary and John and er- the-, the whole history. Learning when Mary was t- telling John, this is how we have our little boy, this is what's going on. Tituba always deceived us. She always knew the plan. And then me as an audience member was like, Tituba, what a biatch! But Tituba is now imprisoned. Yes. She's locked yes. up. Good for her, though. I mean, they finally released John. It's, I mean, do you think it would have been good had Mary just killed her right then and there? I wish Mary had, to be honest with you. That was so good. I wish she had. I mean, we should have started the show with, like, Girl Fight song. It's about to be a what? (laughs) I think, yeah, that that fight that they had was kind of weird. I just wish that... uh, after Mary had been led to John Alden. It wasn't as big Alden. as the throwdown as it should have been. No, it wasn't at all. I'm just saying. It wasn't all. And that's the problem I think that I have with Tituba and that character and that story arc is not only does Tituba, whether it's the actress or the writing, Tituba's character is very limited. Um, and I don't know who to blame for that. But besides that, actually, you know, just the performance piece of it. Mm-hmm. Tituba and Mary have just been incrementally trying to build and, you know, build and build and denouement and build and build and and whatever. And it's like, you know, there's too much. There's too much building. Something crazy needs to happen. More than Tituba getting locked up, she should have died tonight. She should have died. I would have loved it. I would have absolutely loved it. We both would have loved it. We would have reveled it. In one night, you kill Wainwright and Tituba. Never saw it coming. Then my predictions would have came true. <laughs> okay, you both saw it Both of my predictions would have came true. I mean, we, we were both right about Rainwright. Yeah. 
Now, who's the female to go? It's still going to be Tituba. I think it has to be Tituba. Also, no mercy tonight, unfortunately. Hmm. But what would she have added her her story? Well, yeah, now that we have John Jr. in the custody of the Countess, Mercy wasn't... Mercy kind of brought him over, so yeah. she's not doing very much. My so, thing is, if you're going to have a character just appear, even if it's for more than three lines, like, I mean, we finally got John to say more than three lines, have a purpose. Add something to the story that's already going on. If Mercy was there, what could she have added to any of these storylines? Probably nothing. Only because we had Countess instead. Yeah, and Countess confronted uh, Mary about John Jr. When maybe Mercy could have done that, but it was probably better to have Countess do it. And we saw her talking to Mary, but what? Okay, my thing is, and and I do have to mention this because it is relevant. I grew up as a Catholic, and there were so many Catholic references and symbolism in this episode. We had Annunciation, the whole comparison to Mary, the Mother of God, and Mother of Jesus, and and then the whole Annunciation. There were so many symbolic mentions in tonight's episode. Why do you think that is? Isn't the whole town of Salem Protestant? Yeah, they're supposed to be. Yeah, which is what's weird about that. And, and puritanical in that way. Yeah. But there were there was a lot of Catholicism tonight. Forbidden <sighs> fruit? I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of it, only because... <sighs> I guess it depends on where they go with this devil story, what we saw with Anne and that character, and the whole mm-hmm. idea of hell. Because another show we do that actually a lot of people at Salem, uh, a lot of viewers here on Salem watch is Penny Dreadful. And Penny Dreadful is this very tight show to the devil and, and the afterlife and hell, right? That show has very significant religious undertones. Yes. I wonder if Salem goes down that same parallel. In a way that's not going to be as well as Penny Dreadful does it. But can Salem do that same idea of if you're going to talk about hell and the devil and burning in hell like what Wainwright just did, you have to bring in more of the theology behind it. And when you do that, an easy way or maybe just a significant way to do it, not easy as in disrespectful, but but a significant way to jump into it is all the ritual behind Catholicism and the Mm -hmm. guilt behind Catholicism and superstition is not the right word, but it's that sort of idea of these are the things we have to do. These are the rituals. These are the habits. So it makes for good visual, you know, visually appealing stuff on television. Or these are the stories that happened that the audience already knows. So we have something to compare them to. Yeah. Something to understand and relate it to. Yeah. I, I think I saw it more as, as so that way that the audience knows, okay, you have that analogy. I immediately know what you're talking about or I understand you better. And Nicholas Kelly in the YouTube live chat. Thank you, everyone who's been listening on iTunes and YouTube. You know, leave us comments. We, we'll shout you out. Um, he says for to go back to Tituba, it's, oh. it's, it's the writing. She doesn't need to die. She needs to have a better storyline. T- I'm fine with I that. I think so. Yeah. But if, they're, if the writers aren't going to have a good storyline, then kill her off. And that's up for debate. And I, I've never seen Ashley Medeque in anything else, so it may not be the limit of an actress. It may just be writing a crappy storyline for her. But something about it is so limited that it, I, I would totally be down with that if she had a better storyline. If she had a better storyline. Yeah. And if they're actually going to give her a better storyline, do it now. Start, I mean, <laughs> you better there's do it only, fast. There's only She's tied up. five, no, four more episodes left in this season. Is that it? Thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they had thirteen in the first season, thirteen in the second season. 
they give her a good storyline now to build up to season three if if there is going to be a season three. There's something now. That's an open question, unfortunately. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this whole grand right actually goes down. <laughs> if they're going to spread it out for the next four episodes. Who knows? Okay. Anything else? You know, I think we hit it all. All right. As much as I hate to, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I guess one of the last lines, do not fear, little one, your father and I are coming for you. That's mm-hmm. a great foreshadow. I expect next week to be big. What's probably going to happen is next week will be nothing and the following week will be big, which would suck. Uh, I don't know. Let's do predictions. Yeah, let's do that. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Bobby. Is it possible that we're just like ornery and, you know, I disagreeable? So. Or are we, I mean, are we defi- way off we base about the show? We definitely got ornery with this episode. <laughs> are we way off base? I ask myself this every week. Like, are we off base about this show? Because we loved it in season one. It was totally ridiculous. But it was like kitschy ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I'm almost a little frustrated with it. It's like, you know, I'm not mad about it. Like, I don't dread watching it, you know. There's a reason we're here doing this. Right. But I just wonder if we're like a little ornery or if people feel the way that we feel. Um. Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> I, well, also... If you think about it, season one is when we were in being introduced to characters, how they were going to relate it to real-time stories back then and going off of historical sto- stories in that way and how accurate are they going to be. Mm-hmm. I think that was what our intrigue was for season one because it was like, oh, this this person is based on a real person, this person is based on a real person, so on and so forth. And now it's just we have all these characters that are – Based on, most of them actually died from season one. So it's all brand new characters that are just whatever. And They, they went, could go anywhere with the And stories. they went way too far off the historical canon. Yes, they shouldn't they have did. stuck to the yes, historical canon. Did. It was good that they didn't stick to it, but they went too far off it. They overcorrected too much. My prediction is going to center on the show as opposed to the storylines. <clears throat> Maybe it's me being ornery and pessimistic, but I do not believe this show will have a third season. I think you're looking at the last four episodes of Salem, and I think they have to wrap stuff up real well real in the quickly. next four episodes. I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a season three because um, I don't know where they would go with this season three. If if this season ended, what new stories could they bring? And that's what always intrigues me. It's like it has to be compelling. Right now, all these stories, they're they're really just laying it out. I mean, they're, the, they're spreading it look, out. The biggest storyline is the Grand Right. We've been hearing about the Grand Right since minute one of day one, oh practically. You day have to, one. This is a two-season story arc. You have to you bring the Grand Right. keep audiences interested in one main story for literally two seasons. You can't. It, this isn't Dawson's Creek, people. <laughs> it's you, not. Am I wrong, though? They, you no. Know, you're, you're completely right. Go back and watch old Dawson's Creeks. They did those st- same storyline for six seasons. It was terrible. We only watched because it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do that on a show like this. You have complete the grand right in the next four episodes, or or I can't see there being a third season. There's no way. No. No. Um, I, I think with this for prediction because we have I have we haven't really thrown out anything this whole demon devil thing. Oh, that was my prediction though. What? No, th- th- no third season. No third season. Yeah, yeah. that's my prediction. Okay, fair. Yeah. That's a fair prediction. My, I'm gonna make a legit one. Yours <laughs> wasn't uh, for the show. This demon devil thing. I think it might be the inner demon that's inside of Anne that's plaguing her. So 
<clears throat> excuse me. So you're saying like it's not a real demon. It's something inside her that she's like hallucinating to see. It might. Or she's huh. just this so part because we whole, hear the whole line, uh, what you will, that Anne is such a powerful person. Maybe she willed it to life. Interesting. Yeah. Now, what does that I mean forget. for uh, her powers, who she reports to? Like, there's still a there's still a devil. There's still a leader she, out there. I, again, if she can create it, she can destroy it. Oh. And it goes along with the lines that we hear tonight from the the lovely voice of her father. Mm-hmm. What she uh, again? What she created can, can destroy. Give life, snatch it away. She has that part. She killed the flower. She can kill this demon devil. Well, your prediction was a hell of a lot more thoughtful than mine. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Bobby, tell everyone where they can keep following you. Uh, Twitter at Bobby DeMuro or Instagram at Mr. Bobby DeMuro. And again, remember before, podcast1.com, surveys on there for AfterBuzz. I believe it's going to be live all week, maybe even extended past the week. But go on podcast1.com. You can rate and review us there in addition to like iTunes and stuff like that. Yeah. iTunes, YouTube, Twitter. Keep following us. Keep leaving comments. YouTube. All that fun stuff. Downloading, subscribing. Tell a friend. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. We will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 